0: Well, thanks um, thanks again for joining if you um, walked in late want to um, yeah, just again welcome you and say that it 's really uh, good uh, for us to be able to worship together. Uh, it is our joy and our, our our blessing and privilege to be able to uh, to be here and to enter into this place of, of worship together with uh, with you guys we 've been uh, looking into this idea of of expecting uh, more and just seeing that God wants to do so much more in our lives last week, we began a Studying a, a, the prayer of a, of a man who, uh, his prayer and his story is actually found in if you could say this, uh, one of the most boring places of scripture. I don't know if you could, if that's really uh, legitimate to say, but I, I think as most people read scriptures, they would say that this is kind of one of the places where it begins to get redundant and feel like. Um, If there's ever a place to take a break from reading the word, it would be in this place where for uh, chapter after chapter, I think through the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, the chronicler is writing about a genealogy and listing all of these names and all the people of Israel, starting from Adam. He starts all the way back at the beginning and then goes on, talks about his son and his son, and his son. And then he stops in the middle of of chapter four to talk about a guy and he can't move on from him without recording um, 69, 71 words about his life. And he, he, he stops to talk about his life, and then he, he, he writes this prayer um, that has just flipped this guy's world upside down. And those who've taken its message to heart and have begun to internalize and begin to see that this is, this is available to the people of God, um, countless testimonies of people who sa- said and, and shared and reported praises to God um, that they've seen transformation in their lives as well. We're going to read from 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, um, a simple story of a simple man who prayed a very simple prayer, and yet its effects continue to be known in our lives, in our world. First Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. This is God's word. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. This is God's word. Last week, uh, we saw that in this, this, this fourfold prayer, uh, four things. He prayed, bless me. He prayed, use me. Uh, he prayed, help me. He prayed, protect me. Uh, we looked at the first two last week. When he was praying, bless me use me. He's not just praying for uh, things that that normal people could give to him. Like I need, uh, I need $5. God, would you bless me? That's not the kind of prayer he's praying. These are bold and big and, and huge prayers that he's saying, God, I'm asking you for things that only you could give to me. I'm asking you to burst open the doors and enlarge my territory in a way that only you can do. In ways that are unexpected to me, in ways that kind of sneak up on me, but in ways that I know is undoubtedly and undeniably something that you are doing to thrust open the doors to expand my influence so that you could do your work through me. This is where, um, I I don't know, uh, some of y'all have probably prayed this prayer. And I, I, I believe and I trust that it has been a really exciting time as you've begun to see God blessing you and beginning to expand your territory and beginning to, uh, to give you opportunities to do uh, greater things for his glory. Uh, one of uh, Someone was sharing on Saturday night and they were saying, you know, I, I, um, I'm a little hesitant to pray this prayer because I've prayed it and I know that God has, has worked in it. Basically, what, what they said uh, was, I know this prayer works. And um, I hesitate to use that phraseology to think that this is some kind of a, uh, a spell that we're casting on God. But the reality is that as we pray this prayer, God, desi- the, uh, again, these are things that God wants to do in us. God wants to use us. He wants to bless us. He wants to expand our territory. And so as we pray this prayer, it's not just some kind of I'm, I'm rubbing a genie and then here comes, uh, is it Christina Aguilera is going to come out genie in a bottle and then she's going to give us what we want. It's not that. We're asking and inviting God to do things in us that he already wants to do, and we're saying, God, this stream of God and the kingdom is moving, and I just want to get into that stream so that you could carry me to where you want me to go. I'm asking and inviting you to do what you already want to do in my life, and if you've prayed this prayer for God's blessing in your life so that he could use you, then you're probably beginning to realize that this is a really exciting time where God is just... Bam, bam, emails are coming and, and phone calls are are coming, maybe it's not a lot, maybe it's just one. Someone is asking you to hey can you uh, can you meet with me because I want I want to know uh, what you believe or maybe God has given you an opportunity to teach a Sunday school class or to teach some kind of a class or he's challenging and someone in your office is saying, hey, I know you're a Christian. I'm wondering if you'd want to start a little something uh, maybe Thursday mornings before we get into work or or a prayer meeting or something or or someone's approached you at school and said, let's begin something in our school to begin to dream that God wants to to change our school. I think if we pray this prayer honestly with an with an honest heart, God wants to give honest answers to these honest prayers. And, and for some who have, I, I've talked to a couple of people who have, and, and doors are opening up, and there's this level of excitement where we're like, oh my goodness, God is working in us. God is doing something in response to our inviting Him and expecting Him to work. I, I remember when uh, Ricky and, and Gian Tarell are here, uh, when Gian was pregnant with Ella, their second baby, as, as uh, mommy's stomach was growing, as Gian's stomach was growing, um, their, uh, their, their first child, Rehan, uh, maybe he was like two at the time. Um, people would ask him, yeah, they're always wondering, what, what, is, what is Rehan going to be like as an older brother? What are our, 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 our single children going to be like as they become older siblings? And so people would ask Rehan, where's baby, where's baby? And uh, where's mommy's baby? And he would point to his mom. And then if you just ask him, Rehan, where's the baby? He would lift up his shirt, bearing his stomach, and he would say, baby, baby. Because he thought that just as mom had a baby growing inside of her, that he had a baby growing inside of himself also. And I think in a lot of ways, he is demonstrating a faith that we need to embrace also. That every single one of us is pregnant with opportunities that God wants to open up opportunities for us. And he was living in his little uh, little young brain. He was living not by sight, but by faith. That there's something in me that wasn't really there, but he understood something that we need to see. That living within us are dreams and opportunities that God wants to give birth and and release in us. If we would take him at his word and believe that he wants to do these things in our lives. Because every, see, it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're a a, a sixth grader or a seventh grader. Or whether you're in in your thirties or forties or fifties, wherever you are, whatever stage of life. Every single one of us has something growing inside of us that God is saying, would you release that? Would you let that go? And would you dream uh, of what I could do through your life? Not, to, not, not to, to, to do something for your own namesake or make you feel good about yourself, but something that would expand the kingdom of God and bring honor and glory uh, to himself. Think, do you believe that this is what God has in store for every single child of God? And I think those who've prayed, bless me, God, use me, expand my territory. We're beginning to see these things, and it gets really exciting. But it's the second half of the prayer that if we forget, it can be very dangerous for us. It can be very dangerous if alone God's blessings come and our territory is expanded. So the third thing that he prays, third thing that Jabez prays is, let your hand be with me. And then the fourth thing, and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. The third thing that he prays, and the first thing we look at today is he prays, help me. Let your hand be with me. A lot of times when God begins to open up opportunities, he begins to expand our territory. We tend to respond in one of two ways. One, a lot of us respond in this way. When God begins to just open up doors for us, he begins to say, maybe it's, um, hey, I want to use you uh, in order to uh, lead a cell church. And that opportunity is opened up to you. Or, hey, I want to use you uh, to bring somebody to church and to really begin to, to care for them and to walk with them and to show them the things of Christ. Or I want to use you to be a, a leader in your, uh, in, your, in your class, whatever that might be. We get these opportunities, we get these uh, quote-unquote promotions, and all of a sudden we get really fearful. And we say, you know what, um, God, I don't know if I can do this. See, again, this prayer for God to expand our territory, for God to, to use us, It's not something for us to say, well, let me see if it works. A lot of times we have that attitude. Oh, we hear people praying this prayer and it works. And so let let, let me see if it works. Let me see if it's really true. This prayer that Jabez prays is not trying to put God to the test here. It's not saying, God, I want to see if you show up. And if you do, then I'll decide if I want to roll with it or not. He said, God, as, you, as I pray that you would expand my territory, I'm saying I'm locked into this. I want to I follow what you have for me. But a lot of times we begin to give God the reasons why this isn't the right thing for us. God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gifted in this area. Don't we say that a lot? When we pray, God, use me, and God opens an opportunity for us to be used, we say, God, this is not my area of gifting. I'm not good at this. Maybe somebody else should do it. Or I'm not passionate about this. I'm not passionate about uh, youth ministry. I'm not passionate about uh, Sunday school. I'm not passionate about kids. I'm not whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not geared for evangelism, whatever that might be. Or God, I'm too young. Or I know someone else who'd be better at this. Or I'm too old to do this. I don't have the energy to do it like I used to. We, we begin to give God all of these reasons why we can't do it. And so we disqualify ourselves from being used by God in this way is giving all of these reasons why. Here's how others of, us, others of us might do it. We might get into this place where uh, God opens up these opportunities, opens up these doors. We get so excited. God is going to use me, and then we dive headfirst into it. We say, God, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to change this person's life. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do all these great things as you open up this opportunity for me to go on a mission trip where before I couldn't have ever gone, and now you're providing all of these things for me, and so I'm entering into this place. I'm going to change the world. And then we go forth, and, and 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 after a while we begin to realize, you know what? This is a lot bigger than me. You get to realize, I don't think I can do this. And we get tired, and we get frustrated, and we get burnt out, and we say, "God, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this anymore." And so we 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 quit. And in both of these cases, the reason is because we're so fixated, oftentimes. On doing it in our own strength, because we have not seen what it's like to do it any other way. See, we're so used to doing things on our own without consulting God, with asking God that we don't know what it's like to do anything in a power other than our own. And so we make it through. You're on the praise team, you make it through a praise set and you're like, I was pretty good. A, 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 and that's it. Or you make it through a Sunday school class and people are paying attention. Nobody fell asleep. And you're like, that was pretty good. But we don't know what it's like to live on a different plane. We don't know what it's like to see a, a supernatural power take over and work through us. And if that's what it's like, then sure, it's going to be easy for us to say, I can't do it. Or God, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then we realize when we come to the end of our strength. That's it. And if the Holy Spirit were to withdraw his hand from our ministry, we would not be able to tell the difference. And that's a frightening place to be. Because in a world of almost 7 billion people, this world doesn't need to see me do a a DL-sized work in the world that's going to change like one or two people. That's not how the kingdom is going to go forth. And the world doesn't need more of us doing our human-sized work in human-sized ways. And sometimes I fear that that's all we know is because we've been doing it for so long that way. As soon as an opportunity arises, we jump into it and we do it in our own strength. And we hit these crossroads, but we fight through it. We trudge through it. And we, we do it and then we do our work and then it, it, it's all good. And it, it's cool, but we don't know anything beyond that. But when, when Jabez gets this opportunity, God is beginning to enlarge his territory. He doesn't dive into it. He doesn't make excuses. He, he prays, he says, let your hand be with me. What in the world does that mean? It means two things, and i 'll illustrate elast- two things, and, and whenever the Bible talks about your hand being with me, it means two things, and i 'll uh, illustrate it by uh, talking a little bit about, uh, about Manny. A lot of times she 'll start like romping around the, the house and, and walking around, and, and there are times where she wants e- either Olivia or myself to, to follow her, and so we 'll follow her for a little bit, and she 's walking all around, and, and, and we get tired of, of watching her we 've got other things to do, and so we stop. And she's walking by herself, and she turns around, and she realizes that we're not there. And she starts getting upset. And she says, no, no. Or she says, Amma, or she said, which means mom in Korean. Or she says, Appa, which means dad in Korean. She says, and she comes back for us. And she wants to grab a hold of our hand. And so we walk with her. And as long as she's got our hand, she knows that she's got our presence with her. See, when we... Pray, let your hand be with me. Here's what Jabez is saying. He's saying, God, you're doing things. You want to do things in me that I can't do by myself. And I need your presence to be with me. Do you feel like you can make it through a cell church meeting, leading your cell church meeting without God's hand? Do you feel like you can make it through a time of, of, of sharing the gospel with somebody without God's presence with you? Have you become so expert at doing certain things that you don't need to consult God anymore, that you don't need his hand, you don't need his presence with you anymore? Jabez is saying, that's a scary place for me. I don't ever want to get to that place, God, because if you're expanding my territory and I rely on my own strength, then I'm going to fall flat. There's no way that I can do it without you. I am utterly and completely dependent upon your presence with me. I need you, God. I need you. I need you in my marriage. I need you as I relate to my parents. I need you as I'm, I'm trying to be patient with my friends. I need your hand with me. God, that your hand would be with me. This is what he's asking. Let your presence be with me. I can't go any further without you. But lately, Manny has been wanting our hand for a different reason. And I think anyone with, uh, who's ever been around kids knows one of the greatest delights in anyone is to see a kid smile, to see a child smile, especially, uh, yeah, especially your own. And so um, our joy and our delight is when we see her smile. And so we do you know, things that we can. And, and sometimes we do things that make her cry, and that's just for her own good. But uh, we want to see her happy. We want to do things that make her happy when it's playtime. And so lately we've been doing this thing where uh, not, we haven't done it a lot, but Manny will be walking, holding our hand. Um, and then we'll, uh, we did this once, I think, first time last week. And then we would count to three, and then we would swing her up in the air. And then she we'd put her down. And before she even hits the floor, she says, again, again in Korean. She says, do, do, I want to do it again. I don't want to do it again. So now when she reaches up for our hand, what she's asking for is that you would do in me what I could not do on my own. See, as we, one, two, three and she's flying through the air. There's this joy on her face as she's looking around and she's flying around. She's like, whoa, this is pretty cool. You know, I am so high up in the air. I used to be ground bound and walking and stumbling, but now I'm flying through the air, the wind in my face, and and there's this huge smile of joy on her face because it's thrilling when she trusts in the hand of another to do what she could never do on her own. When we ask for the hand of God, that's what we're asking for. Is God, I don't want to, I don't want to do things on my own on this like plane, on this level anymore. I don't want to do things on my own strength. I know that if I hold on to your hand, that I could fly and I can go faster and I could go further and I could do things with more joy. I could do things with more power, I could do things with more effectiveness, and that's what Jabez is praying. Thank God I don't want to do things on my own anymore. I don't want to try and do J-best sized work, a pain sized work. I want to do things in your power. I want to do things in your strength. Oh, that your hand would be with me, that you would carry me through, that you would do something so much more powerful in my life. Because that's what we need. And so when he asked for his, the hand of God, let your hand be with me. He's saying, God, I want your presence and I want your power in my life. Because, God, I can't do it any other way. He's saying, God, I want to completely do a trust fall into the arms of my God and know that you're going to catch me in that place. To throw myself all that I am upon, all that you are. In fact, he says all the excuses that we make are reasons not to disqualify us from being used by God, but they're the very reasons why we are most uniquely qualified to do this. Remember uh, some time ago when when Tiger Woods was he's, he was I don't know if he still is a spokesman for Nike golf, but he was basically the only good player who used um, Nike golf clubs. And and one of these other players said Tiger is really great because he's using inferior clubs and he's still kicking everybody's butt. What was he saying? Think if he used good clubs, then we would give props to the clubs. But because he's using the worst clubs, the clubs that nobody knows about all Glory is going to tiger. See, when God uses inferior instruments to do his work, instruments that have reasons why he shouldn't use them, the excuses that we make for why we shouldn't be used by God. I've made too many mistakes. I can't do it properly. I'm too young. I'm too sad. I'm too depressed. I'm too lonely. I'm too all these things. And, 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 and God says, look, I want to use your life for my purposes. And we submit ourselves to the master's hand. And with the, the touch of the master, we're able to do these, these great things for the glory of God. Then people don't, look at, people don't look at the instrument and say, wow, it was so good. They look at the one who was wielding the instrument and they say, wow, what a great and awesome God he is. In Acts eleven twenty one 21, is this powerful verse that says, the hand of the Lord was with them, and the gospel spread, and souls were being saved in that region. Well, what would happen, guys, is in your ministry, in the opportunities that God was giving to you, the hand of God was at work in your life, and the touch of the master was at work in your life. And you began to do, God began to do through you the supernatural. He began to to see lives being changed in the small group of people that you're working with. And that one by one, these people are starting to get it. They're starting to to throw themselves upon the grace of God. And not only are you being used, but they're being used. And they're going forth. And they're building and making disciples amongst the places that they go. What would begin to happen if we begin to believe that I can be weak? I can say, I need your help. I I do need help because it's in our weakness that St. Paul says his power is made perfect. And as soon as we begin to realize that, God, this thing that you're calling me to do is so much bigger than me, that's precisely where the power of God begins to operate in our lives. And so Jabez knew that. He said, let your hand be with me. And says, God is blessing and filling Jabez and working in his life and opening up territory. And and Jabez saying, God, let your hand be with me. He's moving forward and God is using him like crazy. The last thing that he prays, keep me from harm that I will be free from pain. He says, God, protect me. Because I know that as my territory expands, I take grounds for the kingdom of God. I impinge upon enemy territory. That there's an enemy who wants to steal and to kill and destroy and to rob me of life. So God, I need your protection over me. I don't think there's a. I don't know if there are many better prayers we can pray for our family members, for our our, our cell church members outside of the, the needs that they have. God, that you would bless them, not with these material things, but with the blessing that only you can give to them. God, that you would expand their territory, that they could be used by you. Oh, God, that your hand would be with them, that you would empower them, that they'd be people of influence for the glory of God, and that you would protect them. And yet, friends, you don't know how to pray for them. You've got people who will never share their prayer requests with you. I don't know if there are many better prayers that we can pray than to lift up this kind of a prayer over our people. Jabez, what he says is very interesting. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. This word pain is, is Jabez. He's a play on words. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I'll be free from Jabez. <laughs> He's saying basically don't let me live down to my name. All these things that people tell, say, this is me, this is who. Yeah, you might be doing well now, Jabez, but just, in, in, just give yourself a little bit of time. You're going to live down to your name because the enemy is going to trip you up. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're just going to become Jabez again. Then God, don't let that happen to me. Don't let me live down to what everyone says is going to be my lot in life. Now, protect me. Keep me. Because we know, and we, you know, you, anytime we read about spiritual warfare, we even talked about this two weeks ago, that as we begin to awaken, as we begin to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness, as revival begins to, to, to break forth, the first one to awaken is the enemy. You know this, you've been to a retreat, you've been so blessed, and you're like, I'm going to live differently, I'm going to be a-, a blessing in my home, I'm going to be a-, a transforming agent in my- to my parents. And as soon as you get back home, your parents start yelling at you. Why didn't you put away your dirty laundry? Why did you leave your room messy when you went to the retreat? And all of a sudden, all those thoughts of being a blessing to my parents begin to seep out. Because all of a sudden, as you get blessed and ready to be used by God, you become a threat to the enemy, and he doesn't want you to be. And so he tries to rob you of these blessings to make you think that everything you've just experienced is fake, is phony, is nothing. There's nothing There's nothing substantial. It's, it's poof, and it's gone. Because he knows that the higher up we go, uh, the greater our failure is, the greater our potential for failure. And Jabez understood that. And so he said, God, that you would keep me from harm, that I would be free from pain. And the more we want to be uh, used by God, the more he expands our territory, the more the enemy seeks to attack our lives. I um, heard this story from Howard Hendricks. He's a, a seminary professor in, in Dallas, and uh, he, he, he tells a story of how um, he had a, a student in seminary. When he first came to seminary, he asked the professor, he said, you know, I'm, I'm under all kinds of spiritual attack and, and all these temptations and... Um, it's just all this oppression in my life. And, and so they began to, to pray about it. And then uh, much, much later on, uh, Dr. Professor Hendricks went to the student. And he said, how, how are things going? And he said, things are going great. You know, Things are really good. I'm not tempted anymore. I'm not, uh, there's no trials in my life. And everything has been going smoothly for quite some time. Expecting uh, his professor to be elated about that news, uh, he was shocked when Professor Hendricks was kind of uh, somber about it. He said, you know what? That's the worst news that I could hear. It means that you've no longer, you're no longer in the fight. It means that you're no longer a threat to the enemy. And you're no longer taking grounds for the kingdom of God, and the enemy has no reason to distract you from the purpose because you've lost sight of that purpose yourself. Like, if you haven't faced the devil... This week, it could very well be that you're walking the same way with him. Because whenever we come and rise up to fight against the kingdom of darkness, the enemy fights against us. And the more God wants to use us, the more the enemy wants to fight against us. Uh, There's a true story about this Christian leader. They call him Steve. He was on an airplane. And just highly influential man of God. And uh, two seats away from him, there was another man uh, who had uh, index cards, and he was flipping through them, and he was just kind of mouthing words. And so um, Steve looked at him. So he's about 50. He's looked like a professor. and said, looks like you're memorizing something. And the guy said, no, I, actually, I'm, I'm praying. So thinking that he was kind of kindred spirit, Steve said, well, I believe in, in prayer also. And the guy said, well, I'm praying for a specific, I've got a specific assignment. So what are you praying for? That I'm praying for the downfall and failure of all the Christian pastors in America. And so Steve said, that certainly describes me. Am I, on your, am I on the list? And He looked at the list. He said, you're not on mine. See, we have an enemy who desires to destroy our lives. And the more we want to get used by God, see, a lot of times we stop here. We're like, God, bless me. God, use me. And then God, help me. Without realizing that there's an enemy who attacks when we pray these things. When we want to be used by God, there's an enemy who wants to rob us and to kill and to steal and, and to destroy all these things about our lives. And he's attacking us and he's attacking our, our family members. I, I see this uh, keenly, acutely the, this past week in, in my family's life. If, if the enemy won't, if he, if he doesn't want to bother me, then he'll bother Olivia and he'll bother, he'll bother Manny. And he'll attack them and try and do all of these things to try and rob them of life. So that all of my attention will have to be taken away from, uh, from other things and, and fixed upon them. And I need to pray this prayer of protection, this hedge of protection over their lives just as much as I need to over my life and over anybody else's life. If we have an enemy. The, the, the more God wants to use us, the more the enemy wants to destroy us. And he knows exactly. You know your weaknesses, don't you? Yeah. So does he. Enemy knows where you're weak. If it's in the area of relationships with the opposite gender, then he'll tempt you in that way. If he knows you've got a thing for blonde-haired people, I don't know, he knows these things, and he uses these things to try and bring us down. If he knows you're prone to laziness. Then your friend might send you a link for lazypeople.com, whatever it is. If you, he knows that if, if you're prone to depression, Then he'll pray upon these things and give you lies and and lie to you and tell you these things so that you get deeper and deeper and deeper. He knows that you're greedy. Maybe he'll send sails your way. I don't know what it is in your life. I know what it is in mine, and the enemy does too. And I need to fight. God, protect me, keep me from harm. Because he knows, the enemy knows that if we sin, we cannot win. And a lot of times we think that we can sin a little bit and yet still come out on top. See, the enemy doesn't care how big a bait he uses to catch us. He doesn't care if it's a little thing because he knows that eventually little things will steamroll into big things. It's a little bit of a kind of compromise here. A little bit here, a little bit here, and all of a sudden he's got his hook in our mouth. He doesn't care how big or small it is. He knows that if he's got you hooked, that eventually there's going to be a fall. And he knows where we're weak. He knows our areas of weakness. If you're constantly in relationships with people of the opposite gender and you can't stop then as soon as you want to grow, as soon as you want to be used, there's going to be that that, that person coming knocking on your door again. And we have to understand that there's a spiritual war going on. And the enemy doesn't want us to be used by God. He fights with everything that he has. and, 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 And so we pray these prayers of protection over us. Keep us from harm. Help me to win this battle for my soul. Help me to win this battle because, God, I know that you want to use my life. I know that you've got purposes that are far bigger and far greater. Help me to rise up and fight and understand that the enemy wants to knock me down. But I'm not going to give in. I'm going to fight for the glory of God and for the joy of the Lord in my life. And Jabez prays for God's protection over his life. Because he understands that where God is, that there's protection. When he prays for God's protection, he wants to be. I remember reading this story. It's a, a great story. Of a, um, in North Africa, when persecution broke out, there was a man named Frederick Nolan who was a, a devout believer. And persecution breaks out, and uh, these people who want to kill the Christians are chasing the believers all throughout. And so this man, uh, Nolan, started, uh, started running, fleeing from persecution. And he went over uh, hills and, and into valleys, and, and there was nowhere else to go. And so he prayed, God, help me. I need your help right now. And he saw this cave. The only place he could go to, to hide was a cave, but there were no other caves around. There were hills and valleys. And he knew that if he went in the cave, he's just going to rest until they found him and they killed him. So he said, I've got no energy. I've got no breath. I've got no strength left. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to hide in this cave until they come and find me. So he went into this cave, and it was cool, and it was a place for him to sit. As he sat in that cave, a spider began to weave a web over the mouth of the cave. And within a matter of minutes, the entire mouth of the cave had been, had been shut by this, by this web. And he thought to himself, you know what, Uh, this is really beautiful, but it's not going to keep these guys from catching me." And so in time, he heard um, these pursuers chasing after him, and he heard his voice, and they got to the the mouth of the cave. Like, where else could he be? And as they saw this spiderweb covering the mouth of the cave, they said there's no way that he could have gone into this cave without breaking the spiderweb. They concluded that he couldn't be in there, and they left, and they went on their way. After he was sure that they had gone, he went out of that cave, and he wrote this this, this amazing quote in this book. He said, where God is, a spider web is like a wall. Where God isn't, a wall is like a spider web. This is the protection that God wants to give to his people. And again, it's not, it's not enough. Like my, my aim in these last two weeks, and I, 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 you, you've heard this all the time, guys. You hear God wants to bless you, that God wants to use you, that God wants to help you to do ministry, that God wants to protect you against you. You've heard this all the time, but that's not my aim here. And that's not my purpose in, in bringing this to you. It's one thing to know about it. But the reason Jabez was blessed and was honored and was honorable was because he took these things and he began to pray these things into his life. Began to say, God, I believe that the God of Israel is able to do these things, but I'm not content with knowing that. I want to see this in my life. I want to see this in my family. I want to see this in everyone whose life is characterized by pain. Pain. I want to know this to be true. Aren't you, man, I've said this in the past, but aren't you tired of, of, as you tell this story, telling it about somebody else? You know what? I want to tell you about Johnny. Johnny prayed this prayer that Jabez prayed, and he was blessed, and and God used him, and God helped him, and and he's changing the world, and God protected him. And and, and let me tell you about about Alfred and how Alfred did this, and, and how Joni did this, and what about you? What about me? What about our lives? are we tired of telling this story about somebody else? About illustrating these points through another person's life? What about in our own? Where's our stories? Where's our dreams? I think if you're to ask Rehan on a spiritual level, where are these dreams? He'd say, they're all in us our hearts because God wants to give birth to something in us. God wants to do that in our lives. And it's prayer that brings this, 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 uh, this idea and this vision into reality. And God wants to do these things in our lives. And the most amazing thing is that it doesn't end. He says, and I will be free from pain. It says at the end, and God granted his request. I think that's the awesome thing is that God heard the cry and heard this prayer. He said, Yeah, Jabez, I'm gonna hear and I'm gonna give you what you want. Because you know what? This is you, this is you right here. I want to do this for you. Sum this is your story. I want to do this in your life. That I, I want it to be said at the end of our lives, maybe on our tombstone, when when our children, our grandchildren read back about our lives and they look at our family tree, and our family tree is interrupted because we we prayed these things, and it says, Yeah, that was a story of Sung, that was the story of Christopher, that was the story of Brooke, that was the story of Jane, that was the story of, uh, of Gian. This is our story here. And that we wouldn't just be one of these people in this genealogy, Adam, Seth, Enosh, D.L., Albert, Joshua, Carl. No, but that there would be a story associated with it. Because God wants to grant these things to his people. And this is our inheritance as children of God, not because of Jabez again, but because there was one who was even more honorable than Jabez was, who had every right to have everyone. In fact, he had everything that we pray for, Jesus already had. He had every blessing. We don't want blessings. We want God himself. Jesus had all of God. God used me, to expand my territory. His territory was the world. there's not a square inch in all of creation over which Jesus Christ his Lord, does not cry. This is mine. Every inch of territory was his. Say, God bless me, You me. help me in this." And yet that one, that one point in his life where God was about to use him in his greatest, and he said, "God, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, Keep me from pain in that moment heaven fell silent. And the father withdrew his hand from Jesus so that all of our Jabez, all of our pain would be inflicted and nailed upon Jesus on the cross. See, we can enter into this place and know that his hand will never leave us, to know that no harm, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper because Jesus took the fall for us. Everything now that he deserves, all the blessing of God, all the territory of God. He says, that's yours. That's yours for the taking. If you would believe it, if you would pray for it, if you would receive it, if you would believe, if you would dare, if you would ask, if you would pray, this is all yours. Expect more. You're not meant for simply what you see. We don't walk by sight anymore, people of God. We walk by faith. We are pregnant with opportunity. We're pregnant with destiny. We're pregnant with future. We're pregnant with potential. And he's saying, would you believe that? Would you pray this? Because if you do, as a child of God, the end of our story will be the same, that God granted his request. Guys, we're meant for so much more. There's so much more that God wants to do and to be for us and so much more that could be if we would just spread out our wings and say, God, let your hand be with me. Empower me. Let your presence go with me and protect me. That I wouldn't be a fallen soldier on the side of the road, but I could be continually taking ground for the kingdom of God, claiming what belongs to you. God, use me. Bless me. Help me. Touch me for your glory. So let's pray to the Lord. Let's pray this in bold faith. The prayer that our ancient father in the faith, Jabez, prayed. Let's dare to pray this. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Let's pray that in our own lives, and pray that in your family. Pray that for your parents. Maybe your parents, as God uses them, are beginning to be attacked by God, hurting their marriage, hurting their relationship. Is pray this for your children, as God has a plan for you, or God has a plan for them, and He's attacking them. Pray this over them, protect them, God. Pray this over your people. But let's ask the Lord God that he would do this. You, maybe if you want to just open up your Bible and, and just pray this over your people. Pray this over your life. But let's expect more. Let's take a, a minute or two just to respond to God. Hey, Lord God, this is what I want. I don't want to settle for sight living and sight walking. God, I want to rise above. To Rise above that. For all that you have for me. So help me in this, oh Lord God. So let, let's pray together. Let's pray for a couple minutes and really asking God, God, I want more of you, lifting our eyes, lifting our heads upwards in in expectation. Let's pray together for a moment before we uh, continue to respond through song. Father in heaven, we come to you in gratitude that you want to give us so much more than we want to receive. That you're ready to give us so much more than we're willing to have. Father, I ask that you would forgive me and any who may be like me, who have prayed for you to bless and for you to use us and yet we've made excuses for why you shouldn't. Or we've relied on our own strength and run to the end of our own highway only to realize that we've run out of strength and we've run out of resources and we just feel tired and feel like we don't see enough fruit because we've been doing it our own strength. Father, we pray that you would forgive us, that you would wash us in the blood of the Lamb, and you would help us to believe that there's a power available to us as we minister, as we serve, as we give ourselves away that is so great and so awesome and so life-changing and so world-shattering that we would, we would have no other option but to, but to fall back in praise when we began to see you, you, you working through us. So we pray that you would use us indeed, that you would help us indeed, but that you would protect us also to keep us free from harm as the enemy seeks to attack us. We pray that the seeming spiderwebs of our lives, knowing that you're with us, would become like walls and that you would help us and that you would use us for your glory. Thank you. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name.